Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We welcome you into our Warriors Weekly Podcast for 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson joined, as always, by Gary St. Jean. And, St., we are in uncharted waters here as the uh, city of San Francisco announced this morning that uh, any event uh, with more than 1,000 people was going to be banned for the next two weeks uh, in the city of San Francisco. The Warriors today and the mayor met, uh, and the decision was made that uh, events at Chase Center that, that don't surround the Warriors would be either canceled or postponed, but uh, Warriors games between now and uh, March the 21st, which actually only includes one game tomorrow's against Brooklyn, uh, would be played without any fans. So tomorrow's game, as we record this on Wednesday afternoon, Saint, uh, it's going to be an odd, odd vibe, but this uh, obviously a very serious uh, situation where public health uh, is uh, of the utmost importance. Well, that's responsibility of the government and the uh, medical teams that come up with these decisions. And, and John, I, I think they're making the right move. Uh, the Warriors, fortunately, uh, play against Brooklyn, and then they go on the road and don't have another home game till the 25th against Atlanta. Uh, let's hope and pray that uh, there's a, a better handle on the virus and uh, we can get back to normal uh, happenings in the NBA. But, you know, the NBA is on top of this, too. They, uh, they're going to make league-wide decisions as well. And uh, you got to do what's right uh, in terms of uh, the health uh, of all of our fans and, and, and the teams as well. Yeah, and just, I mean, how how strange is that going to be? I mean, I, I know in your career, Saint, you you probably coached a few games where you thought there was about 1,000 people or less in the, in, in the building, but uh, it's just, you know, pro sports, a lot of it is adrenaline and emotion, you know, in addition to obviously being a highly trained and highly skilled athlete in, in whatever your craft is, but... Uh, not having that juice is going to be a little bit weird for everybody, I think, that's at Chase Center on Thursday night. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, I, I, in my 40 years, I, I've not uh, come across this. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be, uh, you're going to hear the, the squeak of the sneakers, and you're going to hear, um, you know, some verbiage out there from, from both sides, and um, the whistles are going to be loud and echoing. And uh, it, it's, you know, like we said, we're in uncharted waters and, you know, hopefully there's uh, some progress with this uh, whole situation. John Dickinson and Gary St. Jean here, our Warriors weekly podcast uh, for 95-7 The Game. The Warriors and the Brooklyn Nets set to play 
uh, at Chase Center without fans uh, as San Francisco banning gatherings of more than 1,000 people, including Warriors games. That uh, implemented here as we record this on Wednesday the 11th for the next two weeks. Uh, the Warriors, in working with the mayor's office, uh, they have uh, either banned or postponed uh, all games and events at Chase Center, uh, not including the Warriors game tomorrow uh, on the 12th. Uh, it, at this point through the 21st. So uh, that leaves uh, still a decision to be made, Saint, when you mentioned that that one home game uh, on the 25th, which technically still would fall within the two weeks. Uh, but uh, like you said, maybe there's a, a better handle on, on what's going on. And, and the Warriors essentially in this, uh, they're the first domino to fall, uh, as you alluded to, with the league really having to take a, a long look at, at the situation in a number of different cities and areas. Yeah, as we speak, uh, there's scheduled Board of Governors meetings, and each team uh, has two people that they can, uh, uh, you know, give that duty to. It could be a owner. It could be somebody like Rick Welts, and, and they will be in a conference call with the league. There's also going to be the competition meeting. That's uh, the general managers in the league, and they will also be having a, a discussion. So, you know, there's a lot to uh, talk about, uh, you know, in certain areas uh, of the country. Uh, we don't have uh, very many people coming down uh, with the virus. Others, there's more. Uh, you know, think about the old days when we had a team in Seattle. Uh, the Washington area has been really hit hard. Um, the Boston area uh, had a conference uh, last week, and they've, they've traced now 50 people uh, that have the virus. So in certain parts of the country, it's more applicable. You know, I heard rumors that they were going to talk about if uh, some teams moving games to, uh, you know, to a place like Las Vegas, if there's not many there. Uh, so you know, this, this will be interesting, all the decisions that are going to be made. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that's going to go into it. Uh, and, and the Warriors, as it pertains to them, are, are right at the forefront of this, as they are at, at least at the time, unless something happens uh, you know, in the next couple of hours with, with any games that might be played tonight, which it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like the Warriors are going to be the, the, the first team uh, in, in the NBA uh, and any of the, the, the major four uh, professional sports to, to be uh, impacted by this in terms of, of actually playing uh, in a, a stadium w- without fans, which is something that uh, obviously you know, LeBron James was pretty outspoken about uh, saying, hey, he, he wouldn't want to do that. Uh, but he changed his tune, I think, uh, once, you know, the gravity and the severity of everything that's been going on here, you know, you get more information about it and you realize just how serious it is. And, uh, you know, some things have to stand down, uh, you know, when it comes to, to sport versus real life. And I think we're all in a situation here where, uh, you know, we've said it a couple of different times. It, it's uncharted waters. We haven't seen anything like this. I certainly haven't. I know, Saint, you've been around a lot longer than I have. Uh, this is just very, very different. Yeah, it really, really is. And, you know, LeBron is like, uh, you know, E.F. Hutton. When he speaks, everybody listens. And uh, you, you think about how many times he gets asked questions. And off the cuff, his preference would be and to not play. Uh, games without fans but then you know he was educated on the whole situation and then they spoke correctly uh from my standpoint talking about the league and 
uh, checking in with uh, all the resources and, and doing the right thing. Uh, you know, so I, you know, we're we're very fortunate. The NBA is extremely well run. Uh, you know, we've seen the press conference, uh, the discussion about press conferences, not uh, getting too close to the players, and we talked about you know whether it's a, a sign of the heart or whether you might give a, a an elbow bump. I even like one where. Uh, Guys are clicking heels with each other, uh, you know, to uh, instead of the handshake. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of a lot of different things. Now, the other team that could be in in, in this situation is the Sharks. They're they're uh, on a road trip, but when they come home, uh, they may be faced with the same thing. If I if I'm hearing San Jose, uh, that counts. Yeah. Uh, I think in the same way. Yeah, and it does sound like that. I know that the, the San Francisco Giants have uh, an exhibition game against the A's that they were going to play in San Francisco uh, on the 24th, which which falls right before the regular season starts. They actually start the regular season on the road. Uh, the A's start at home, but even that is just outside of, of this two-week stretch now with baseball starting so early. Uh, Saint, but yeah, the Giants had canceled uh, their one game that was to be played uh, a preseason game again, an exhibition game against the A's over the course of, of these next two weeks, and and they're kind of in limbo. But you're right, the Warriors the first domino to fall. The the, the Sharks are, are on a road trip this week, like the Warriors are are going to be uh, after their game tomorrow night, and then everything will just kind of be reassessed. Uh, it, it is unfortunate. Uh, because it sounds like Stephen Curry's going to be back on the court for the Warriors again tomorrow, uh, and you know the fans that have only had what three opportunities to see him uh, inside Chase Center are going to miss out on on one of the final seven opportunities to do so. Boy, it, it's so unfortunate. Just just for Steph, let's let's shift gears a little bit away from everything that's going on as far as the coronavirus. But my goodness, what a tough year for Steph in terms of. You, you play four, it's not exactly going well, then you got to miss 58, you're fighting like to get back, you think you're coming back on March 1st, and then it turns into March 5th, and then you play one game and you got to sit out a couple of more. I mean, he, he just can't catch a break this season. Well, I, I guess, John, if you're, if you're going to have these situations, you're better off having them in, in one year. Get them out of the way. And uh, let's, let's move forward the next year with a clean slate. The one thing about him is uh, – you know, he, he, he keeps such a positive attitude about the game of life and the game of basketball. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's uh, he's in the right mindset. When he comes back, he's going to, as we always talk about, he plays with a lot of joy and he uplifts uh, everybody uh, in terms of players, coaches, and fans. John Dickinson, Gary St. Jean, our Warriors weekly podcast for 95.7 The Game. The Warriors, uh, 17 games to go as we record this. Uh, uh, Draymond Green, uh, you know, I, I want to get into maybe the Clippers matchup here coming up in a little bit. Not not the game last night or anything like that, but just where the Warriors kind of stack up maybe as we look toward next year against some of the, the top teams in the West and try and get back. Uh I, we seemingly talk about Draymond every year. Now they're maybe concerned, uh, uh, or every week, they're concerned about his, his conditioning uh, a little bit, Saint. I mean, at, at, what's the right plan for Draymond here in the last 17 games? Because I think at one point they were trying to maybe line up his return for when Steph comes back. But the the last thing you want to do 
And I know he's been in and out, but the last thing you want to have is is any of these guys, Draymond or Steph. You know, Draymond has had little, you know, nicks and bruises and, and, and issues that have kept him out, but he hasn't had the major injury. And, and to be able to get through this season without – you know, something that's going to linger into the offseason, I think, is is just imperative for the Warriors. But what do you think of how they've managed Draymond this year and and how they'll just have to continue to be careful because you you want him to be able to make it to April 15th and then be able to to work his way back in toward, uh, you know, really coming back as, as strong as ever come October? Yeah, I think you're spot on, John. You know, he's... Uh... You know, he's going through some workouts. He's going through a lot of treatment. And, uh, again, uh, they're trying to just get him, as you said, completely healed up. You know, he uh, nobody's involved with more contact than he is. And, uh, you know, now we're talking about a knee, but he's had a, an elbow issue, a shoulder issue, an ankle issue. I guess we could say every joint uh, has been banged up. So they're trying to get him so that he's, he's pain-free that he, he can go out there and, and, and play. And right now, because uh, it's still lingering, they're going to uh, they're gonna make sure he's healed up. So maybe we'll see him. Uh, who knows? Uh, you know, we don't have a, a, a firm update on that. But, again, uh, I know he'd like to play. Uh, he'd love to play with Steph. But we'll see how this all goes. But as you said, they want to have him right for starting uh, next fall. Well, I go back and forth on it, Saint, because I, I want to see all the best players playing. That that's my stance. You know, typically I'm I, I understand load management and and look. I mean, Draymond's got some legitimate you know injury concerns here, but I'm I'm typically in the camp of I want to see the best players play as much as possible, almost regardless of the situation. If if they're healthy, obviously. Uh, but with Draymond, it's almost reached the point where I'm thinking, you know what? As each game dwindles down and there's fewer and fewer to go by the day, I'm almost to the point where it's like, yeah, you know what? If 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 we wound up not seeing him again, that would be okay. I mean, we're 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 going to it looks like, but if we didn't, would that be, you know, would that be such a thing? Well, I, I don't know. I I'm right on with you. Uh, and, and again, it, it's not a decision they're going to make uh, in the next hour. You keep on evaluating no. this. And, uh, again, you know him. <laughs> he wants to play. He loves to play. Uh, players in the NBA, they're doing something they love. And, and that's, that's their uh, – that's the area, that, that 92 by 40-something. That's their area of uh, happiness. And they love getting out there. And to take it away, it, it's tough on them. What – the the back and forth between him and Barkley. Now they've had a lot of fun back and forth. It's gotten a little a little mean spirited at times. But it, it led me to this, Saint, because I wanted to because I know you you went up against Barkley coaching. You know yeah. when he was at his you know at his prime. You know you were you were coaching Sacramento that MVP year he had uh, with with the Suns, and you know going up against him with with Nelly as an assistant. Uh, him and Draymond, what would that matchup look like if they if they were going against each other? Because they would, I, I just picture Barkley getting the ball down down on the block and just holding it and 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 holding it, and I mean it would just be almost a stalemate. I feel like between the two. 
Well, for, for all of us that love basketball, I don't think we ought to use uh, the rules that are in place now. I think we ought to use the rules that were in place when Charles played. And, uh, you know, as you noted, I was fortunate. I, I, remember, I remember going to watch him play at Auburn. And, uh, okay. Came back and said, holy moly. You know, they took him high in Philly. And he was an unconventional-sized player because he was on a good day. Six five, and uh, and he got heavy, and uh, he got his weight in check as his career went on. But he had a tough time uh, controlling his weight, and uh, we didn't have the nutritionists and the cooks in, in the kitchen in every locker room like there is today. And uh, he was a unique skill set. He he was a smaller Zion Williamson, and he had an amazing ability to play big. Uh, you know, in college, it doesn't apply as much, John, but strength and width mean something in the NBA because it was much more physical in the old days. And he could back people down uh, and just overpower them. He could with quick, and, and then he could uh, outquick guys when he caught, say, at 12, 14 feet. He'd just blow by him and dunk. But, um, you know, we look at Zion Williamson today. He, he's a bigger uh, player and and maybe more quick off his feet, but his game is not um, maybe as well rounded as Charles was. Charles could take it off the board like like uh, Draymond does. He could go down there and go the whole length of the court, or he can make a, a play uh, to distribute to a wing. Uh, he developed a good shot, but he's the guy that I compare Zion to. And in terms of him and uh, Charles and Draymond, uh, you know Draymond. You know, it is uh, just an amazing defender, uh, team and individual. And uh, if they ever were involved in a matchup, uh, you know, that would be a tough one because he's so, Charles is so darn strong. Uh, one thing they have in common, they have a lot of emotions and they'll tell you exactly what they think. Yeah, they're very similar, and, and honestly, in, in terms of personality, which I think has maybe led to some of this conflict. And look, half sure. the time, I, I half the time, I think it's it's all for show, and they're just they're they're having a good time with it. I mean, even Charles last night uh, in the the latest uh, when he was on the Dan Patrick show, and he was talking about you know Draymond being the least popular guy in the in the boy band that was the warriors and and that you know that all the fans were were cheering for Steph and Clay and he just happened to be the extra guy in the band that got to you know be there with them uh and but it's interesting because they're very similar I think personality wise uh, as far as, you know, they could run a little hot. They could, you know, not afraid to say what's on their mind. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this this week. I mean, you know, when Draymond said, I'll come, I'm coming for your job, uh, you know, obviously down the line. But Draymond, you know, Draymond is somebody that, you know, 20 years from now, we might be talking about him like we're talking about Charles Barkley today. <laughs> so, there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, uh, a big compliment to Draymond. If he wanted to, uh, he could become a coach. But uh, a lot of these guys that have been great players that had play with that level of emotion don't have the patience uh, to coach guys uh, that don't see the game like them or don't play as hard as they did. And that's why you don't see uh, a, a lot of these guys uh, that are superstars in a league uh, become head coaches. 
Uh, Larry Bird did it for three years. He said, that's enough. And, and you think about guys like Lenny Wilkins and, uh, uh, you know, but there haven't been a lot of the bigs. Jerry West did it for a year, and he said, that's enough of that. Uh, because those guys just don't have uh, the patience with the guys uh, that are the normal guys in the league. And, you know, I think Draymond, you know, this year is an interesting test case for whether he'd be a good coach or not, right? Because, I mean, he's been used to playing with one, you know, one group, and now he's playing with a completely different group, and and that group is a little bit closer to the norm compared to the first group. Uh, but I I think I've and, – and who knows how difficult it's been behind closed doors. I mean, I mean, really only him and probably the team and the coaching staff and, and Bob Myers and, and everybody, just how difficult it's been. But uh, I think he's, for the most part, handled himself pretty well as far as adjusting to the new normal, for, for this year at least. Yeah, you know, he's like everybody else. He's had his ups and downs. He's had uh, a, a, some time with frustration. Uh, but then he's, I've, I've watched him, and, I, and he's done a terrific job, of, for example, talking to Pascal. Uh, he, he probably talks to the whole team in the locker room or on in the practice court, but you know, I like to watch him during the game and, and how he interacts with guys. And, you know, he is trying to uh, to help guys out. And, and uh, boy, I, I love that. When your vets are doing that, it, it just it just makes the chemistry on the entire team so much better. John Dickinson, Gary St. Jean, Warriors Weekly Podcast here for 95.7 The Game. Uh, watching the Warriors go up against the Clippers last night, uh, I'm left with the thought, not not about that game, but more just where the Clippers are going to be next year and the level at which the Warriors have to get to to really get back to the, the, the cream of the crop at the top. I think there's a belief that the Warriors can get back maybe, you know, at least in the conversation with, you know, the middle of the pack teams in the Western Conference playoff race, if it's a Denver, a Utah, a Houston, uh, you know, Dallas and Oklahoma City have floated anywhere between, let's say, fourth and seventh. I think there's a belief that the Warriors can get back into that group if things go pretty well and they make some moves. But that group still, in my estimation, isn't the championship caliber group. It's a cut below that group. And right now you've got the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks who are really good. And maybe there's another team in the East, although I'm I'm not sure. I think I think maybe Toronto and everybody else in the East not named Milwaukee. Not to say that one of those teams couldn't come out of the East, but I think for right now it's Milwaukee with Giannis, the Lakers and the Clippers is sort of the three teams that are most apt to to win the championship. How far do the Warriors have to go to get back into that group? Well, I, I think you summarized it right on, and uh, I'm going to share with you that uh, there was a debate this morning I, I listened to on, on one of the morning shows, uh, TV, and they were debating the duo of Steph and Clay versus Kawhi and, and uh, Paul George. And, you know, they're very different players, but, you know, the importance of offense and the ability to shoot. Uh, but Steph and Clay are in their prime, and if everybody's healthy, and I, you know, I, I tend to be an optimist. I, I think Wiggins is going to play much better. I think we're going to play the big position by committee. You got to be really happy with Chris, and let's hope and pray that Looney gets healthy. And then, you know, you got these young guys. You know, you, you got Pascal and, and these other young guys uh, that have had an opportunity to play. 
But, John, you've talked about it. Let, let's say uh, the Warriors hit a home run in the draft. Let's say they get the, who they want. I don't know if it's Weissman or if it's Edwards or whoever it is, but let's say they get the guy they want, and he turns out to be a heck of a rookie, just as good or better than Pascal. And, and then you're able to do something uh, with the Higadala trade exception. Uh, that is big. If you can get another quality veteran player, and I think they'll get a good player with the mid-level. And because of the culture, we've seen it with Burks and uh, Robinson, some veteran guys are, uh, who are you know, not uh, maybe past their prime but still good role players are going to want to come and play here because of the culture of the franchise. So um, I, I, I've said this before. I, I don't know that it's going to get to the level of Kevin Durant, um, but I think the Warriors are going to be a darn good team and, and really well-respected, and I think you can put them in the discussion with the Lakers and Clippers. I I don't know what, what's going to happen with, with Montrez Harrell. Uh, what's going to happen with, with Davis? I mean, are they both going to re-sign? Um, you know, how about the health of Leonard and George? So, And then LeBron's not getting any younger. So there's a lot, a lot of variables, but I think you summarized it uh, really well, those teams that you mentioned are just below the Lakers and the Clippers this year. They're, they're not at that level. Uh, if they ever won in a playoff series, it would be a really big upset. Well, and here's the other thing. Not everybody, you know, there's only going to be one winner this year. So, you know, the, the, the other, you know, two teams maybe in that group that don't win it, if you think it's Milwaukee and the two L.A. teams, you know, when you don't win it, that that has a cost as well, right? You you know that that can change whether somebody wants to stay with you, or maybe you make a coaching change, or you you know that that can create change that could have you know a negative or a positive impact on 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 the franchise. But the the thing that I wanted to come back to, you know, if wherever Giannis winds up, that team's going to have a pretty good window Ooh. because he he's he's going to be a dominant player for for the foreseeable future, but. As far as the Clippers and the Lakers specifically, their windows are a little bit shorter than maybe meets the eye. I mean, Anthony Davis is young, but it's still him and LeBron together playing at a certain level. If LeBron's game takes a little bit of a hit, or maybe they win it this year, and and LeBron dials it back a little bit because they want it, uh, you know, maybe they aren't. Their window is a couple of years. Let's say the next two with LeBron at a certain level. The Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, though both of them can opt out of their deals, you know, a, a, after a couple of years. So, uh the, their windows to me are in line with the Warriors' window of coming back and and thinking they're going to do a lot of things right and then, you know, being able to to get after it here these next 2 years coming up. Yeah, I, you know, John, there's been a big change in the NBA. You know, you had these dominant teams for almost a decade, you know, whether it was the Bulls or the Celtics or the Lakers. And, you know, the Warriors have had a phenomenal uh, period of time. You know, what do you want to say, six years or whatever? These windows are not going to be open for as long a period as in the past because guys tended to stay, uh, you know, with the franchise. In the old days, there wasn't a salary cap. And, you know, guys... uh, tended maybe to play their whole careers with teams and their numbers hung from the rafters. Now, uh, you know, it's, it's, as you said, 
I mean, guys have these outs in their contract that the great, great players take shorter deals. And uh, you can see that with Kevin Durant. He's a great example of it. Uh, so let, let's throw him into the equation. He's going to be at the game tonight, evidently. Uh, let's say Kawhi is really healthy and Kevin's really healthy. Well, then I think next year you, you've got to put them in the mix. Uh, and who's going to go there to coach that team? And Toronto, uh, there are a couple guys that are getting older, but they've done an amazing job with their player development stuff. I think they're going to stay up top. I, I have no clue what is going to happen in Philadelphia. Boston is a big piece away from becoming special. Uh, yeah, they and they're always to, looking they for been, that piece. They always they, are looking to try what, to find Brian, it. They don't want to give up those young guys. They've got like five of them, uh, if you want to count Hayward and, and Walker as young, uh, and, you know, with Smart and Tatum and Brown. Now, they've got draft picks coming up, and, and they could get in there. But then talk about the quality of the draft. This, this draft is not as good as past years. So, as you said, there, there's a lot of variables that, that, that happen, and, and you just don't know. Uh, you know, and, and I think you're right on in, in speaking about the Lakers and and, uh, and the Clippers. If Brooklyn called you, Saint, and said, "Hey, are you interested in the job?" What, what, I mean, what would you be thinking as far because there, there's something there's something off about uh, yeah. You know, I don't know if it's Kyrie or Durant, but what would your concerns be if you were if you were would it be Hey, that's talent. I could win a championship. I'm all in. Or would it be, you know, maybe the younger saint? Would it be, I'm all in, or would it be, boy, I need to find out more about what's really going on there? Yeah, you, you know, you got to do your homework, obviously. But when you're a, a, a coach who's, let's say you've had some good success, you're, you're, you're always aspiring to, to get an opportunity to get a ring, to get the championship level. And they're going to have that if those guys are healthy. And it's going to be more about uh, managing people than it is about X's and O's uh, because of reputations uh, that precede these guys. And, uh, you know, Atkinson, uh, he, he did a great job there. Uh, but there's no doubt that, uh, you know, veteran voices were heard and uh, they decided they're going to go in another direction. <laughs> they knocked off the Lakers last night. Uh, yeah. You know, they've got some other good pieces that we'll see tonight. I mean, Levert and, and Dinwiddie are really good players, really good. And, uh, you know, they've got some other people. You know, Jordan's still there with Allen at the five spot. And, you know, I, I like that team a, a lot. But, again, why are the Warriors special? If they're special because of the culture that they've created. It's Steph Curry opening his arms and saying, Kevin, come on in. This isn't just my team. You know, we're all part of this. So when you're, it's kind of like Tim Duncan and Robinson down there with the Spurs for all those years and pop at the helm. They, they embraced uh, bringing in other pieces to try to get to that championship level. That's why a guy like Steph you know, you, you don't come across them many times in your career. And, and the, the more you evaluate it, the more you respect the, what he brings on and off the court. 
Saying uh, before we uh, wrap it up here, I I, I want to ask you about Michael Mulder. The, the Warriors have put Ooh. Michael Mulder in this uh, in this situation now, where they sign him for the rest of the year. They they bypass the second ten day contract. He played really well before uh, the Clippers game last night. He struggled against the Clippers. Uh, that's fine. I I mean that whatever. He had a bad game. We don't have to sweat that. But they sign him for the rest of the year. Uh, they've got the, an option now, and they've put him when, and Kai Bowman and Juan Toscano-Anderson all in this category now where they're signed to non-guaranteed deals for next year. So they they can finish the year. They go through the offseason. They come back in training camp essentially trying to earn a spot on the roster, but they know if they get that spot, the contract situation and everything is, is handled. Uh, what have you, you liked about Michael Mulder's game to where you put him in that position where he's a guy that you want to you want to have in the program essentially for the for the next 6 months. Well, it's kind of it's a positive uh to take from this year uh after, you know, these injuries and going through these games that you've had an opportunity to look at these guys you've mentioned and you like them and uh it's a positive for those guys to have a team want you and, and uh you can you could feel an opportunity is there. When I look at this guy, I didn't know who he was. So I thought he might have been related to Mark Mulder, the pitcher with the A's. Uh, <laughs> but gosh darn it, he can shoot the basketball. And I love his demeanor. He's a, he's a quiet, confident player. Uh, and, and you love that. You, you, you love having some shooting coming off the bench. I, I, I think that's you can't get enough of those guys in today's game. And you think back to when we had Clarkson and look at what he's done in Utah. To get the, to get these guys that can really shoot the basketball, again, when you're playing out there with stars, when you're playing out there with a guy like Draymond who can deliver the ball and then Clay and Steph and Wiggins, the game is going to get easier. So if he can be a drift shooter, I think back, a, I think back to a guy that I coached in Milwaukee, Craig Hodges, and then Steve okay. and, and – and, and then Jim Paxson, and then a guy named Steve Kerr. And, and they were brought in to the Bulls to be that guy, the drift shoot, because you're going to be wide open of Steve, because of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And, you know, Mulder, Mulder has that opportunity. Uh, it's great. I, I think it's terrific. And, you know, uh, that, that's good for, for everybody involved. Final uh, question for you, Saint. Uh, we got to do our quick update on the 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 Eastern or the Western Conference eight seed. Uh, mm. Memphis lost last night. They played Orlando. They lost last night. They had won four or five. Actually, they were really struggling before that to to solidify themselves a little bit. So a, as we speak right now, Memphis has a three and a half game lead on. New Orleans, Sacramento, yeah. and Portland. They're all tied three and a half back, the three of them. And then San Antonio is a half game behind that group, four games back overall. Anything change in the last week as far as, as your take on, on all of those teams? I know Sacramento got a big head-to-head win against Portland, which hurts them a little bit. Sacramento's actually playing the Pelicans tonight. Those two teams yeah. are tied as the as the next closest. Uh, the Portland is going to play Memphis on Thursday, so these teams are going to start to play each other a little bit and already have, which is going to impact things. But any big takeaway there uh, from what we've seen in the last week? 
Well, you know, for Memphis, I, I'm looking at them. They've withstood these injuries and, and had some really quality wins. So they're going to get Jackson and Clark back soon. That's big for them. Two, two good-sized pieces. In the meantime, you know, Valanciunas and those guys have, have done a quality job. Now, we've talked about the difficulty of their schedule. On the other side of the coin, uh, you know, New Orleans has, has had a couple I think they could have won. I think they need this game tonight. I, I really do. And, and you've got to applaud the Kings. Uh, they've, I don't know whether they won eight out of ten or, 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 or it, it's, you look at it. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's somewhere four, in that ballpark. I think they're, they're 14 and seven actually over about 20 games, 21 games. Uh, 13 yeah, I mean, or 14 they, and they, seven. Yeah, yeah they, they've done a terrific job. They've, they've given themselves a chance. And, uh, you know, it's interesting up there. You know, the other night they lose, and, you know, uh, Luke gets questioned because Heald isn't in the game, and uh, that's what's going on now. The, the, the microscope, uh, the bright lights well, on those teams, and who I, is I gotta ask you, step up? Go ahead. You know, Saint, sorry, sorry to jump in on you there. i got to ask you about that specifically because it was a situation where, uh, just from a coaching perspective, because all right, Buddy Heald's a guy that's coming off the bench for you. He'd had a pretty good run in the second quarter. Uh, the, the Kings were playing well in the fourth quarter, coming down the stretch with the group they had. They had they scored thirty nine in the quarter, so they were moving it and it was going back and forth. And both teams were really scoring. It was a terrific game the other night, uh, them in Toronto. Uh, but. On the just for the last, so I understand why. Okay, you make the decision that Heald's not going to be on the floor down the stretch of the game, but in the final uh, 15, 16 seconds, when you need a three, and he's one of the best three point shooters in the game, even if you hadn't played him the whole, you know, the whole quarter, doesn't he have to be on the floor when you need a three? When you when you play your center in that slot. Played for Phil Jackson for a long time, and a lot of the older coaches back in my generation, sometimes they go with like the expression kind of "Who brung you? Who got you to that point?" You're going to reward those guys, uh, keep them in the game, and see if they can win it. They they they've earned that opportunity. There are others that are always going to go back to what you call your core players, your your top three four players, and in, in that case, you say, well. He's one of those, I and mean, it's a skill set that you're looking for. So you can debate that in basketball coaching 101 uh, all day long, and there are certain guys that, that go the direction I talked about first, and there are certain guys that are going to go the other way. Um, I'm, I'm of the mindset that uh, if I had a guy like that, I'd, I'd have him in the game. There, there isn't any doubt in my mind. Yeah, just for the one possession. Like, I, I understand yeah. the debate yeah, I, between... Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, hey, we yeah. need a three, and, we, you know, and, and you know, because they, they were in a spot where, hey, you got to take a three, you know, and, and look, I know you got to have somebody to, to maybe set a screen or, on somebody to get somebody open, too, but... but to me, you got if you got to have a you got to have him on the court because he's just another guy that the defense has to account for that that might take a might take and hit a tough three because he'll hit some he'll hit some ones even when he's guarded where you're thinking okay there's nothing you can do about that if you're the defense uh, the defense. John, you and I uh, ninety miles away from Sacramento. I I don't know the dynamics between Luke and him. Uh, well, there's some dynamics there in play for sure. Well, there is, and, and you know, <laughs> I, I give Luke credit that 
you know, he's found a, a, a group that uh, is responding and winning games. And uh, if you're winning, a player doesn't have a lot of recourse. Uh, but with that said, uh, you know, they paid him a lot of money. And uh, he gets some more accolades after winning the three-ball contest at the All-Star game. He's had a, I don't know, a, a, a good year, kind of a little bit of an up-and-down year. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, it, that, that, there's the dynamics of, uh, you know, player-coach relationships that we really don't know there. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll say this. That's the other, just to, to wrap it up, that's been the other uh you know, thing that's worked in conjunction with them playing a lot better. When when he flipped Bogdanovich and, and them and put Bogdanovich in the starting lineup and healed as the sixth man, that's actually that coincides to the day with when they started their turnaround here, where they're thirteen and seven or whatever it is in the last twenty games. So that that move and the bigger scheme has has worked uh for for you know to have them playing a lot better. Saint, great stuff, man. Always fun. Love getting into a lot of different topics with you. Uh, really appreciate the time, and we'll uh, we'll do it again next week. John, thanks a million, and uh, have a great afternoon. The great Gary St. Jean uh, joining me, John Dickinson, here our Warriors Weekly Podcast in the books for this week. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.